Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Of Jesus, will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply yes. of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty come to him will you drink deeply of Jesus will you come to the water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty been lost in the wilderness, chasing nothing but sin and death. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Jesus and live. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. There are some men and some women who have been divinely appointed as teachers in the body of Christ. There are others who have been divinely appointed to use the gifts of prophecy. I'm not a prophet, and my job is really not that of a teacher. I am here rather as a watchman for your soul to deal with you in very specific ways that are blocking you from entering into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. My purpose for being here. My purpose for being here is to bring you into the heart of Jesus and into the salvation he has offered so freely to us. Most of us already know too much. That is, we've devoured so much gospel teaching, and it has been all spread around, filled with lies. And now we come and discover that we have not yet really entered into 
the heart of Jesus, and he has not entered into us. Why? What's the issue? Welcome. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. It's not easy to confront you and to call you to leave those areas that you have dug little hidey caves in. And now, you've not really entered into the heart of Jesus. And you have to do that if you're going to enter into the kingdom of his of his heart. You're going to have to acknowledge and do what is necessary. Jesus said, deny yourself. Well, who wants to do that? We can have it all, they tell us. We don't have to deny ourselves anything. You can have it all and heaven to boot. No, you can't. Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross, which is an instrument of execution, and then come and follow me. And where was he going? He was going to Golgotha, where he was going to be put on a cross. He's saying, you too must be put on that cross. Romans, the sixth chapter. So, We have some work to do because the body of Christ today is far from being in Christ. They're in the world. Many of you are in the world. But you would say, oh, I'm a Christian. We need to go back and deal honestly with Malachi, the last prophet of the Old Testament. 200 years he He spoke. Of 400 years, he spoke. And he was not listened to. And God stopped talking. Well, this time, God can't stop talking because he's coming. A final judgment. I want you to be ready for that final judgment. And so does Jesus. But listen to the final words before Jesus came. Malachi 4. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. He's not talking about the coming of John the Baptist now. He's already dealt with John the Baptist. John the Baptist came saying, Jesus is coming, and he's coming with fuller soap. He's coming with a cleanup. And his blood was to wash us and cleanse us. Then he wrote, all the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble, and that day that's coming will set them on fire says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who receive my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. And you will go out and leap like calves released from the stall. Then you will trample down the wicked They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I do these things, says the Lord Almighty. Now, what's he talking about? There is going to come a time of fire upon the earth. A time of fire. And the wicked are going to burn. And the righteous are going to be hidden away. And they will not burn. 
they will be covered by they will be covered by Jesus, the Son of Righteousness. And he will rise with healing in his wings. Now I'll tell you what I think this means. You may not agree, and that's all right. I think a time of fire and judgment will come upon the earth before the coming of Jesus. And many people are going to perish in that time of fire and judgment. I believe America is going to burn. But the godly are going to find a hiding place in Jesus, and they will not be touched by that fire that's coming. Now he says, see, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. A time is coming, and we will recognize that it's at the very door when a message goes out to the church. Take care of your children. Guard your children. Today our children are not guarded. They're filled with wickedness from television. And now they're filled with the wickedness of the cell phone. And every evil thing is flowing in the homes. I stood at the back of a of an Anglican church, and I watched as children came in with their telephones, sat through the service, watching movies, playing games, doing TikTok, filling their hearts and their minds with wickedness while mom and dad sat there like they didn't even recognize what was going on. Fathers were not guarding their children's minds or hearts. Fathers had ignored the wickedness of their children. A time is coming when God is going to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And then the hearts of the children will turn to their their fathers. This is the last message that comes to us out of Malachi. What needs to happen in our fathers, in our mothers, for this to become a reality? Well, there's a very real issue that I need to deal with you on today, and it's going to be uncomfortable, and I recognize that but I'm going to do it with great love and great tenderness because I do love you. And I'm desperately concerned about what I see happening in America. I'm desperately concerned about what I see with our children. But the children are only doing what mom and dad do. And we need to talk about it. What does God expect from us? I've titled this broadcast today a long title, but let me read it for you. God is looking for very specific obedience. If we go to Colossians, the third chapter. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, 
And now he's going to begin a a very specific list. Does not include everything, but it includes many of the things. You can find other lists very clearly outlined by Jesus in Revelation 20. Or by the Apostle Paul in Galatians. Listen. Sexual immorality. That would include fornication, adultery, impurity, lust. Now, let me come to the point. God wants us to grant him very specific obedience. Many of you in the church today have a generalized obedience to Jesus. You may even go to church. You may not be a church person, but you're a Christian, and you sit at home and watch it on the on the YouTube video. That's not church. You may gather your family together on a Sunday morning. And dad, you may preach to them. That's not a church. A church is an assembly of God's children, of God's people, not just family members. Now, what we're looking at is a need for very specific obedience, not a generalized atmosphere of, oh, I obey Jesus. You sit down and watch that football game, that baseball game, then you are not obeying specifically. You have a generalized obedience that allows you to do many things that Jesus would not be pleased with that he would not approve of. I can assure you there will be no football teams in heaven. There will be no baseball in heaven. Specific obedience is to set your heart on things above and not on earthly things. And some of you have set your hearts very firmly for many years. On things that Jesus would not approve of. I have at times confronted people about these issues. Some of you have your heart set on golf. Others have your heart set on tennis. Some of you have your heart set on bowling. Your heart's been set for many years on building up your skill in that area and gaining prominence. It absorbs you. It takes your time, your energy, your money, Some of you have your heart set on bandu or gambling. Some of you have your heart absolutely set on travel. Some of you have your heart set on your favorite whatever. Jesus didn't tell you to do it. It absorbs time, energy, and money. You set your schedule by your favorite television show. Some people, some of you listening, have centered your life around 
that specific show that you love so much. In fact, some of you have your heart set on on what you watch on the internet. God wants to come and deal with us on specifics, not general things. I know what it's like to marry and then in that marriage be physically abused. Be verbally abused. How are you going to deal with that? Specifically, how are you going to deal with that? I read about, or I heard about one woman. Her husband was so abusive. He would throw her around. One day threw her against the headboard of the bed. She was bruised and bleeding. She packed a few things quickly and ran. She went to her pastor. He said, go back home. Bake him his favorite pie. And love him. The husband was so astonished by her kindness saved their marriage. It wasn't easy. I know what it's like to be yelled and screamed at, hit, dishes thrown. But in the midst of that, all Jesus would say is, show her love. Show her the love of Jesus. Well, there was lots of drama, accusations. The Lord said, don't raise your voice. Don't disagree. Love her. I know that that doesn't sound like a sensible answer. But I'm not called to be sensible. I am called to specific obedience where there is no name-calling. And I guarantee you, this is not my wife I'm speaking of. She is a delightful love in my heart. What I am saying is that I don't know the specific details of what goes on in your life. But I can tell you this much. Your voice should never be raised. Your anger should not be expressed. Your bitterness should not flow. You represent Jesus. And you cry out to him in the private prayer closet. And then you go out of that prayer closet and you treat that other person like a person of respect, loved by you and by Jesus. And you let them do whatever they have to do. I can tell you this, they will not survive very long in an atmosphere bathed in love and respect and service. They won't be able to stand it and they'll leave or they'll change. You can't change another person. You can only live out the gospel and be faithful to Jesus and not bring shame to his name in your marital relationship. 
You chose to be unequally yoked. You are responsible for what happens. And now you have to turn that over to Jesus and be responsible to Jesus for how you live with your partner. What am I saying? You took off the old self when you became a Christian. Now you live it out. It will not be easy. But it must deal with specifics in your life, not generalized treatment. It may mean you cancel the golf games. It might mean you cancel whatever is the specific issue that has drawn your time and your money and your energy away from the face of Jesus Christ. Again, Colossians, the third chapter, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, that's very specific. Specific obedience says, cut your anger. Give it to Jesus. Rage. A man who claims to be a Christian came so enraged with his wife that he physically abused her and made the blood come. Well, what is that? Is that Christian? Oh, he says he's a wonderful Christian man. No, he's not. He acts like a pagan. Because of his rage. He says, put to death. The King James Version says, mortify, end it. Now, I want to take just a minute away from the scripture. You need God to come and move in your life. Okay? then what is the specific sin that needs to be removed from your heart for God to be able to answer your prayer? What is the specific sin of indulgence? It may be you're indulging in in malice, in slander. You may cuss. Swear. You may lie. These are all a part of the old self. They have to be removed. And how do you remove them? There's only one thing that can remove these things, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ. Coming and honestly confessing my specific sin. Don't tell me you've... Oh, Lord, forgive me for my sins. He didn't even hear that. You must confess the specific sins of your heart. You must confess the lust. Well, pastor, I'm always going to have lust in my heart. No, you're not if you're a Christian. You think Jesus looked at Mary of Magdala and and had sexual thoughts about her? I don't think so. 
How did he look at her? As a lost daughter. He cast demons out of her. He treated her the way a father would treat a daughter. He didn't lust after her. These lying teachers who say they had an affair, wrong. That would not be Jesus. Jesus is asking us, okay, let's put it on the line. What is the specific sin that stands in the way of you entering into the heart of Jesus? What is the specific sin that causes you to stumble Well, I, I don't want, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. I don't. Okay, then you can't be a Christian. If you're going to be a follower of Christ, the specific things He asks for in Scripture and by the Spirit have to be done in your heart and in your life. You claim to be a Christian. And yet your wife only sees the bitterness of your heart, the criticism, the judgments. And you're not a Christian. You say as a wife, I'm a Christian. But all you have is accusation and complaints in your heart. No self-sacrifice. No turning the other cheek. You're not a Christian. You call yourself a Christian, but you're not a Christian. And you can't enter into Jesus until there is very specific repentance on your part. talk about revival here and I've spoken in and had others speak in the last weeks about all revival is is specific obedience to Jesus what is the sin of your heart the generalized sin of your heart Generalized sin cannot be dealt with by the blood of Jesus. Only specific sin can be dealt with by the blood of Jesus. That specific sin has to be identified, confessed, responsibility taken, specific sin draws us back time after time generalized repentance says all of that's covered and I'm good to go and I can continue going back to my sin it's okay no do you have specific sin in your heart And if you answer me, I don't know. Well, whose business is it to know about your own heart and your own life? Have you been ducking and dodging and covering it and avoiding it? Excusing it? I meet many people who have very specific sins. They will not admit it. They duck it and dodge it, excuse it, pet it. It's their pet sin. Don't talk to me about my pet sin. I'll cry. Crocodile tears. No, come on. This is real. 
You want to enter into Jesus? Then don't tell me that you've tried and you can't. You can. The only reason you can't get close to Jesus is you're trying to get close to a sin. Maybe the way you spend your time. It may be the way you spend your money. It may be the way you treat people. It may be the way you use people. As one man said to me, I am a sexual addict. All I can do is Pray and ask Jesus to repress it. Wrong. Go to the cross of Christ and you're crucified with him. That thing is finished. It's over. It's gone. That's why Romans 6 is so valuable, so precious. Because it talks specifically about being crucified with Christ, then living a new life. You've been trying to be a Christian, but you've not succeeded. You know you've not succeeded. In fact, you even question your salvation. comes back to specific sin and specific repentance. Now, He says, Colossians 3, verse 6. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. That is, the fire of God is coming upon your life. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, Malice, slander, filthy language. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there's no Greek, no Jew, no circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and is in all. It's about Jesus. The beginning of this broadcast, I said, my job with you is not to teach you the theology of the incarnation, although I love to talk about it. It's not to talk to you about eschatology, although I love to talk about it. No, my job, very specifically today, is to call your attention to the deceptions of Satan in specific areas of sin. I don't know what that is. I've listed a whole bunch of what it could be. But I'm going to read for you First Peter, the fourth chapter. Therefore, since Christ suffered in the body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. Some of you are suffering in your body because you have not been done with sin. You've been a generalized Christian, but not a specific Christian. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you've spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery and lust and drunkenness and orgies and carousing and detestable idolatry. I spoke earlier in the broadcast about 
specific sins that we must overcome. Spoken to you about the generalized Christian. And I've spoken to you specifically about a higher place, a place where you are filled with the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. You have power over demons. You have power over sickness. You have the anointing of the Holy Spirit in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You have been utterly set apart for Christ. You don't walk in any known sin. You're not in rebellion against the Lord in any area of your heart or life. Then there is a higher place that many of the old-timers used to talk about. A place where you have absolutely set Christ apart as the Lord of your life in reality, in specifics, not generally. Oh, I'm a Christian. Are you generally a Christian or are you specifically a Christian? Big difference. It's this higher place that I want to call you to. It's a place where there's no known rebellion or sin in your life. It's a place where where you don't have hidden hobbies that take your time and energy away from the word. It's turning aside from watching all the YouTube entertainment. It's turning aside from all of the newscast. It's literally being set apart for Christ as Lord. Some of you have not been able to make very much progress in your witness, in your testimony to other people about your being a Christian. And the reason is very simple, because you're a generalized Christian. You're not really sold out. Not completely. And you say, oh, I'm working on it, Pastor. No, you're not. No, you're not. We're called to a higher place in this culture today because Jesus is going to come soon and pour out his Holy Spirit in great power. And you must be prepared to receive that power for ministry. You must be filled to the fullness with the Holy Spirit. There are levels in this. Please hear me. And you've been struggling along, walking in your lust of your flesh, loving your hobbies, loving your sports, loving all kinds of things. These have been gods to you. You go to those as faithfully as you go to church. Jesus is calling you now to lay it down. Turn aside from it. He's calling you to literally set Christ apart as Lord in your life. And no one else and nothing else can fill that place. You are sold out to Jesus. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot both serve God and the worldly entertainment. 
one hour of television or internet can cause you to lose the Holy Spirit. Pastor, I want to I want to watch some of these wonderful movies. They'll cause you to lose the Holy Spirit. You want the Holy Spirit? Then be set apart for Christ as Lord. The Holy Spirit came to reveal to us the fullness of Jesus. You need to be wearing your Bibles out, searching for the gems regarding Jesus Christ. Oh, their Bible's boring to you? Well, it's boring because you've been filling your heart and your mind with specific wickedness of the devil. Jesus is saying, I want you to set me apart as Lord in very specific ways. Your anger, your bitterness, your complaining, your searching after the entertainment of this world, all of that's got to change. You're going to know Jesus. Jesus is a treasure of great price. He is he is the treasure hidden in a field. And you dig it and dig it and dig it until you find the treasure. And then you rejoice and you go and you sell everything for this field where you have found a treasure of great price. Or you see a pearl and you say, I have to have that pearl and it will cost you everything you have to buy it. Okay? That's who Jesus is. Let's pray. Lord, I beseech today that you would come and speak to every person listening to this broadcast. That you would turn their hearts toward you. That you would cause them to finally cast off those things that they love so much and that's cost them so much that have taken from them their love for you, that have turned them into lukewarm Christians, unable to really feast on you because their minds and our hearts have been seared by the food of the devil. Lord, would you come? Would you deal with our hearts? Will you give us the the courage to cry out and say, I only want Jesus. Lord, would you cause a change now where men and women who listen now to this broadcast will say, yes, there is a specific sin in my heart. The Holy Spirit's been talking to me about it and I've been denying it. It's a treasure to my heart. But Lord, it's time to let go of it. It's time to say no more. I need Jesus. Lord, would you please come? Would you cause those men and women who sit and drink in the wickedness of television and the wickedness of of the internet. Will you cause them to say, I've got to stop. I've got to turn it off. I can't do this anymore. It's destroying my mind. And those who engage in all the entertainment of the world, remembering that there is a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but that tree of knowledge of good and evil will destroy the heart of a man or a woman. Lord, I'm asking, please, come in power. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Lord, now, 
There are some sick among us. You know why they're sick. You know why they cannot be healed. I ask that you would change that. That that would change their position before you. I ask, Lord, that you would come in mighty power right now. That you would put your arms around each person who is suffering. That you would encourage their hearts and lift them up. Lord, don't let today's broadcast in any way be condemnation for them, but yet a sweet call to come into Jesus. Lord, thank you for those who listen and who support so graciously. Lord, you know we would not be on the air if many people did not graciously support with tithes and offerings. I pray, oh God, have mercy. Have mercy upon each one listening. Encourage our hearts, Lord. Let us be very specific in our repentance and very specific in our obedience. Lord, thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. I will continue to pray for you. Please continue to pray for me. My eyes are upon Jesus. I trust him for the healing of my leg. I know what suffering is like. But I also know what the mercy of my Lord is like. And I've cast myself upon his mercy. I'd love to hear from you. You can write to me at thenationalprayerchapel.com. Go on the internet, nationalprayerchapel.com. Or you can write to me directly at Ray Greenley, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22195. That's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I hope this has been helpful to you today. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. But more importantly, God loves you. And he's calling you to very specific obedience. I'll talk to you soon.